Twitter is better than playing video games. We're ending the podcast and you were going to talk for like 20 minutes about Hunter Hunter even though you have a podcast. I'm trying I... so hard not to talk constantly about Nana. I wasn't going to talk for 20 minutes about Hunter Hunter. I was going to say that I'm making a top 10 list and it's going to be really hard to think of anything that tops Hunter Hunter. I was like a sentence and a half from finishing my thoughts and you were like Final Fantasy 8 time. You don't know about Meruem. You don't know about the malice in the human heart. Not a Hachi is real. Not a Hachi is real.
So I was gonna do the cold open as can't help but notice you brought the Steam Deck in here. Roast you a little bit for that. You're just playing Final Fantasy VIII on the podcast. You're the one who hit record. Now I'm going to do this smooth. Okay. You've been able to get that to work? Because I haven't been able to get that to work. You have to long press. Oh, you have to long press. Yeah. We're just going to get a bunch of fire from these bite bugs, because... Not, they're not really going to do much to me, so... Yeah. This is just how I farm draws. I use the fast forward. You just... Uh, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. I will, I will tell you right now that when I played Final Fantasy VIII, I, um... drew all the, like, waters that I could pretty early on. Yeah, I've done that, and it, it gives you a good... Water in particular gives you a good boost. Well, here's the thing about drawing as many as you can early on, is that 40 hours from now, you're going to be like, I still have 600 fucking waters in my inventory. Medics and I, is 100. Well, but you're going to be like, why do I still have so many of these? Well, eventually, they won't be useful for boosting stats, but right now they are. Fair enough. I just and then I can just put it at the the bottom of the magic list because you can sort your magic list. I just auto sorted everything because it's easier. Yeah, I mean that's what I've done. But like, if something yeah. like truly becomes, I don't want this. This is... I will do manual sort. Some of my yeah. love for eight is tied up in. This is the first time I played a complicated ass, stupid battle system in an RPG. Who who do you have that's named Molly? Uh, Ifrit. Because red. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Molly said that she wanted to be named after somebody. Okay. I, mi I missed whenever you solicited people having names. I <laughs> didn't notice that you named Squall Neve. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our date stairwells. Uh, scratch that. Redacted. Bleep that out. Ornate stairwells is truck work. <laughs> um, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the non-homophobia zone, sponsored by Cam Marshall. Uh, I'm Autumn. I'm joined, as always, by Nia. Hi, I'm Neve. I'll stop by. Thank you. I appreciate that. You didn't have to hit record. Well, so I was going to hit record and be like, why did you bring the Steam Deck in here? You... <laughs> You gave me a way better cold open than I could have ever hoped for. My taking out the Steam Deck and playing Final Fantasy Because we were just chilling for a moment, and I thought you would be excited that I was playing Final Fantasy VIII. We can't talk about Final Fantasy VIII as the thing, though. Because I'm going to have my last summer fling mm. of the year. It's the new of the year. I, um... No, we can't talk about Final Fantasy VIII because there are scenes I remember mostly. Like, especially, like, I have cut scenes that I'll tie to, oh, that happens kind of in the last quarter of the game and stuff like that. Um, I know the end of Disc 1 really well, but it's all kind of a mishmash in my memory, and so I, I don't 
we can't really talk about stuff because I don't want to say something. Well, the one thing that I wanted to, to do was because I feel like of Final Fantasies in general, eight is like weirdly one that lots of people I know like, mm-hmm. but that I also just have the the least sense of. Because yeah. like I, I ran through the list and you know I thought through it more. I'd have to like pull up the tweet, but like I played one through four and I never beat five. I beat six, um, seven. I famously tried to start multiple times. Uh, the first time I got upset when the big spoiler happened. Eris, 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 Eris dies. Eris, Eris. Um, it's Eris now, I guess. Yeah. Um, or is it Erisu? Yeah, <laughs> it's Earth. Yeah, get it? I do, I legit didn't get that until now. Um, I did not understand that until well, this. So moment. she died, and I was like kind of upset because I put a lot of effort into like building her up, right? And so I took a little break, and then I came back to it, and I was like, I don't actually really remember what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to do next. So I was slightly lost, and by then, I had like. My brother was playing, and I just kind of started watching my brother. Like, I'd already been watching a little bit, because usually he got priority with the PlayStation, because he was older than me, and he could punch me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so... Having siblings sounds weird. I ended up just, like, watching the rest of Final Fantasy. And then later, I went back... Seven. Yeah, Final Fantasy Seven. Later, I went back, tried to play it again. I was using the, like... Uh, Brady guide or whatever that we had gotten in between somewhat, but I was like, ah, I know this game. I've already done all this stuff. Like I'll use it if I need it later. Um, and there's a part where I'm like, I'm pretty sure what I do next is I go to the golden saucer. And so I glitched the game, just like trying to drive the, the sand buggy into the golden saucer mm-hmm. and manage to succeed. But when you do that, you just immediately go to the, the prison and then the person you have to talk to to get out isn't there because you haven't done all the golden saucer stuff. So you soft launched the game. I d- I've yeah. heard this before. Yes, yeah. I do remember now. Um, and when I've looked it up, I've only seen people get this glitch on PC. I th- like I'm the only person that I've seen talk about getting it on PlayStation, mm-hmm. original PlayStation. But um, yeah. And then eight, I feel like, and I don't know if the timeline really matches up in terms of like actual release, but in terms of like. My brother and I having money to spend on video games at this point. Eight and Chrono Cross, like, there is, like, a choice that we are making between those two. Mm. And I I forget which game, like, magazine it is that gave it a, a 10 out of 10 or whatever. GameSpot. GameSpot. Pretty sure that was the one that we were reading. It was a 10 out of 10. So we were like, yeah, let's get it. It's like Chrono Trigger. You know, I didn't play Chrono Trigger yet, but... Um, we didn't have an SNES, but yeah. like it was one that people talked about, so it was like, oh, this is exciting. Let's get that. You uh, could we play just played Chrono Trigger on the PS1. <laughs> that is a thing you can technically do. Um, but I mean, that was after Cross, right? I don't even know. I have no idea, to be honest I don't know when you. they did that. Uh, all, those, all those Final Fantasies on the PS1 and Chrono Trigger on the PS1, I don't, I don't know anything about it because they're legendarily bad ports, and so... Yeah. But yeah, we chose Chrono Cross instead of uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and they're like M and I diverge paths. It's like the I genuinely, truly, I think that if you had gotten Final Fantasy VIII at that time, your life would not be fundamentally different because you would be playing Chrono Cross for the first time right now, and you'd be like, "Wow, this game's amazing!" But you would be like 
Fun- fundamentally, like I think that eight would have had the same impact on you in that moment that Cross might have had. I th- I think eight is like that caliber of game. I think eight is truly special. Yeah, I don't. We'll see. We'll I don't because there's. I don't want to overhype. I don't want to get into the things with Chrono Cross, but there are specific things with Chrono Cross that I think like, like I don't know how much Final Fantasy VIII is a game about being like deeply existentially lonely and like having no sense of what yourself is, and that being the entire thing. I'm smiling enigmatically, <laughs> but like already, eight is a game where there are like characters who are your friends or like your classmates in a way that you might like that they are hanging around chrono cross fundamentally has like there is no stable party in the way that eight has it there's there every single person in chrono cross is like explicitly doing something else we I haven't played Cross and you haven't played Eight, so we just fundamentally yeah. can't have this conversation. <laughs> I I think Eight is about these things in a lot of ways. There's also stuff that I don't even know if you know about with Chrono Cross that is specifically about like bodies and changing bodies and fears about like what that means. Mm-hmm. So. There's also stuff that I know that you don't know about Eight, and so it's like, yeah, yeah. like I like, yeah. Have you, what have you done so far in Eight? Um, so, I mean, the thing that I wanted, basically, I've gone through the Dolet mission. I just, like, finished that. I'm, like, going back and, you know, the whatever seed ranking thing, that stuff. You're, you're, did you play way too much Triple Triad? Did you kind of, like, burn yourself out on the game a little bit from Triple Triad shenanigans? What the fuck is Triple Triad? Okay, good. I haven't played any hard games. Here's the, here's the thing. No, the big thing that I did was, uh... That I just, like, ran around and started stocking up a bunch of, like, draw magic stuff mm-hmm. to, like, just have a ton of that stuff. And then I got um, the thing that lets you make, like, mid-level magic from low-level magic. And so then I spent even more time just running around drawing. And at the very beginning, I did not think about, oh, I can just have it fast forward and, like, keep track of this. So. Mm-hmm. That's part of the other thing is that like the first night that I was playing it was like I there's been multiple days where I've been trying to fix the because I was trying to do the like shaders to do the CRT stuff and it wasn't doing anything. And so I I, like wasted a night just trying to figure out how to get like the graphical settings the way that I wanted Mm. for Duck Station. And what I found out in the end is if you try and do any of the shaders from the in-game thing, it just doesn't work, and it's just, like, weird and busted. Oh. You have to specifically go... You have to boot into Duck Station. Yeah, you have to go to the, like, desktop mode, you have to open up Duck Station, and then you have to, like, change it for, like, the the whole... Uh, all of Duck Station. Okay. So, it seems like they also don't do a ton of... Um, I guess you could technically be playing in, like, Beetle PSX and RetroArch, and solve some of this, but Duck Station is a generally better emulator. I just wish it was as fully featured as some of the RetroArch stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the thing that I wanted to to talk about was just what I know about Final Fantasy VIII. Mm -hmm. As, because, you know, VIII that I never played, um, nine I never played, because that was also sort of, it was less intentional at the time, but Chrono Cross was also kind of Nine money. Have you seen the Have you seen the Sakaguchi but, Nine uh, video? I think so. Yeah, 
Yeah. Him taking yeah. the money. <laughs> yes. But uh, I watched a, a friend play a lot of Nine um, enough that I have, like, a sense of what that game is. I have, like, general sense of, like, I like the soundtrack of Nine a lot. I have general sense of characters and stuff. There's a lot of characters in eight that I've like kind of seen or I've heard the name of, but I don't have a ton of reverence for. Yeah. And then like ten, I played multiple times. Ten two, I played most of, but never beat. Um, Eleven, I never touched because it's M- MMO. I have no. Eleven's honestly the one that I have zero sense of. I don't know the yeah. name of a single fucking character no, in Eleven. No. Um, Twelve, I beat. Uh, Thirteen trilogy, I like never actually beat, but. I played some of those games and I like know the characters, you know? Yeah. Um, someone mentions a character like, like Vanille and I like know who they're talking about. Culturally, Vanille is known in a way that like Zell is not, you know, yeah. you know, um, and that then, guy having a chocobo in his Afro is a thing that we all know about and feel weird about, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, like 14, I played some of cause I had some friends who were playing it only the free stuff. I never paid for it. There's, like, that part where you could, like, play... They opened it up, like, a free level, because what a Realm Reborn expansion or whatever happened. I forget when that happened. Well, so there's... That's when I played it. There's Vanilla 14, and then there's a Realm Reborn, which is now the base game. That is free, and then I believe with the most recent expansion, they made the first expansion, um... Heaven... It was, it was like... Heaven's what a... Word? Heaven's Word. Yeah. It which... was whenever they made the first part free. Which is, Heaven's Word is the 14 stuff I'm most interested in playing. I put some time into 14, um, fell off it because I fell out of the, fell out with the friends that I was playing it with, you know? Um, sort of thing. And also just, I mean, I just, the other thing is that all of my, my all of my, like, even at the time, my friends who played MMOs just played more than I, I could and wanted to. Yeah, that was, that was the thing, was that, I wanted to play 14 like a single player game, but my friends were always online, which led to two things. One, they were always way ahead of me, and two, when I was online, they wanted to hang out together, and I would be like, I I just wanted to listen to music and and beat up guys. I just wanted to run around in this forest and grind against enemies because like I was going through some stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, so 14, I don't think I'm ever really going to go back to. I kind of like to, but I just... MMOs just don't fit, like, my life, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just not the space for that in uh, my... Yeah. And then 15 I played a lot of, but that was, like, sort of the beginning of me not playing a ton of games. Like, becoming a parent was the big... Yeah. I'm just not gaming... In the way I, I was previously thing that happened, but that it was already starting before then. Yeah. Um, but eight is like this one that there's like a certain amount that I know of, but also it's the one that I feel the least like I have a sense of. You don't know fuck about eight. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. So tell me everything you know. So about this eight. is what I wanted to do on the podcast. We've yeah. Taken way too long to get here was to say, and I'm going to not talk about anything that I know from going through like the Dolet mission. Yes. Or Dole, or however. I think it's Dole. <laughs> Real quick. If you post in the Discord, if you vague post, if you forget to tag some spoiler shit, if you ruin anything for Nia, 
I will find you. Now, as a note, I mostly only check uh, export and and uh, the export chat and the network yeah. chat. Go to Final uh, Fantasy. Yeah, General. Final Fantasy. Feel free to talk shit there. Post <laughs> post to your heart's content because eight is the greatest game ever made, and I want people to be eight posting. Yeah, but if you post anything at all that might... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest if you are responding to this podcast in export chat and you do the spoiler text I'm going to be at least tempted to click just so take just, that shit straight to Final just Fantasy just go to chat. Final Fantasy General yeah. just go to Final Fantasy General I will find you I, I legit I will go and I will block your IP address from our Patreon I will say keep your five dollars I don't want them <laughs> Anyway, um, so stuff that I knew before I, I played it all. Uh-huh. Um, so I knew Squall. Yeah. Just like Leon. generally as a character. Yeah. What, Leon Hart? Well, so, so in, in oh, yeah, Kingdom, in Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, I always think of uh, Yuffie going, Leon! Yeah. Because he's like Squall Leon Hart. Yeah. Or whatever. And they just change his name to Leon and because yeah. Tetsuya Nomura are going to do his thing. Um, and I knew that he had the gun blade that was a sword that has a gun on it. And it's not like the 13 one, I think. I think yeah. 13 is the one where the, the the sword turns into a gun. Yes. It is specifically just a sword where you pull the trigger when you hit and it does damage. I knew that. It yes. like does more damage. Yes. And that it was like kind of a Super Mario RPG. Like you do a little extra thing to do more damage yeah. when you attack I think of that as a Paper Mario thing. Same thing. Yeah. I think Super Mario RPG is like the first. Su- Super Mario RPG originates yeah. that. I just played Thousand Year Door um, first, and so that's what I think of. Yeah. Man, Thousand Year Door is not that good of a video game. Um, It's fine. Thousand Year Door is fine. I think those of us who had a GameCube were starved for RPGs, and yeah. I'm interrupting you. So uh, I knew that. I, I knew about like... I like vaguely knew like Renoa's like the love interest, mm-hmm. uh, Kistis or however you say his name. I think it's Kistis. Genuinely, no idea. I say Kistis. Yeah, but like the, she was like a teacher, uh, like hot teacher. Basically, is the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I I knew like Zell vaguely goofball and eats a hot dog at some point. There's like a, a FMV or like still like rendered image of him eating a hot dog or something. Or that, like a comedic beat moment that people talk about where he eats a hot dog. That might be like from the final FMV of the game. If I'm, I, yeah, I, it I might be. It might be. <laughs> yeah, but I know that he eats a hot dog. Yeah, I know does, that he does do that. I know uh, Cipher or Cipher. I, I, say, I think people say Cipher, but m- isn't it S E I? So the German in me wants to say Cy. Kingdom Hearts Two says Cipher, so I've always said Cipher. Uh, I think most. People who played it on the PS1 say Cipher. So I knew Cipher, um, that he's... The general vibe that I had of him going in, and I don't know if anything here is contradicting it, and I, but I also don't know if this is, is true, is it's kind of like, in Final Fantasy VII, there's, like, the backstory where it's, like, Sephiroth and Cloud, and, like, Sephiroth, and they're, like, both soldiers, and Sephiroth's, like, kind of a jerk, but they're sort of hanging out, and there's, like, a little bit of a rivalry thing going on, and it's also, like, can maybe read as slightly gay. Do you know what happens in Final Fantasy VII? There's like backstory stuff. Okay. There's well, but but I know. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. Okay. okay. I know that it's not Cloud. 
I was like, wait, hold up. Pause for a moment. But like you first play it and it's like Cloud yeah. and Sephiroth. Okay, okay, okay. I just... There's a fusion that's happening of identities. Anyway. I just wanted to check that you knew what happened in 7. Anyway, the vibe is that like, the vibe that I had of Cypher was that it was like that stuff. Kind of. Like that similar dynamic. That's borne out by the And then he's like FMV. maybe a yeah, and then he's like maybe a little bit of like a uh antagonist, but like rival, but he's not the true antagonist, because I know the true antagonist is Adia. And she has some sort of time magic. Time compression. Yeah, time compression is a phrase people have said. Before I played eight, time compression was literally the only thing I knew about uh eight. Also, having now played eight uh, Loving it, it's my favorite game. I'm still not sure I know what time compression is. Um, and then uh, selfie is kind of a like, like Riku's kind of a selfie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of ten characters that map- Yuffie kind of goes up a little bit. To, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a, there's like a character type there. Y- Yuna, she's the and, Genki. Yuna and Rinoa like can map to each other pretty well. There's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff in 10 that is like remediating 8 I think I mean 10's also like a lot of Chrono Cross but yeah that's part of why I've been wa- I've been wanting to play Final Fantasy 10 lately and I've been like should I play Cross first because it seems like there's a lot of ideas in Cross yeah. that get I mean I was I was like recently re-listening to um I've been sort of re-listening to old episodes of Abnormal Mapping because it's my comfort food um, and I listened to their 10 and 10 2 episodes last week, and um, they read uh, 10 as very, like, about JRPGs as a genre. And so, with Cross being coming out, like, so close to when 10 is, it makes sense that that would have been in the soup, you know? Yeah. Which I think is, I think I'm just saying something that the three of you said on the Cross. Yeah. I'm normal mapping. Um, also, there's just the whole, like, island kind of oh, vibe and energy oh. and but anyway uh other stuff that i knew about final fantasy 8 so there's a theory that there's a part where squall dies and then the, all the rest is like him being dead or something yeah there's something like that i think it's like a weird kind of stupid theory it's stupid it doesn't really make sense and it's like just one of those like whoa wouldn't that be wild theories but i know that that exists it does like squall dies theory or whatever right it's like Oh, what was? What if it was all a dream? And it's like, it, well, if it was all a dream, it wouldn't change the fact that the characters went on a journey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if Squall was dead and the whole game was him imagining, like, it wouldn't change the fact that in his imagination he went on a journey and grew and changed, <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> um. And also, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those who just like misses what like storytelling is. Yes, <laughs> as like a genre, and it, a way of like conveying stuff can, about can I, people. Can I put somebody on blast? Sure. It's really funny to hear Rob Zachney like genuinely espouse "No Squall is dead" as like a legit reading <laughs> of that game. It's like, dude, you're supposed to know how stories work. What are you talking about? <laughs> The just if we're putting Zagney on blast right now, the part that I always just think about is Rob Zagney talking about uh, Outlander and talking about how he wishes that it was more of like a, a like intense political drama with like the various factions and everything going on. And in my head, I'm thinking Rob Zagney, 
this is the the show where she gives head so good that a man comes back to life. It's a show for women to watch and think about what if I could give head so good that it made my like uh, handsome, swarthy, like strong Scottish husband come back to life. Yeah. That's what Outlander is for. And then he mentioned that. He mentioned specifically the giving the life saving head. And I was like, you should know what the show is about. <laughs> Women are horny, Rob Zachney. That's what the show's for. Women are horny. <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing is, so we did the question bucket for Cromartie High School that you joined partway through and uh-huh. got very high during. I got so and fucking blazed. And just like blazed. instantly you and Connor become best friends talking about Final Fantasy VIII. It's genuinely one of the more magical experiences of my <laughs> life to... Join that call thinking, I don't really know Connor. I'm worrying I'm just going to talk to Nia the whole time. Uh, and then I didn't speak to you for 90 minutes because I... Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that one, but... Um, and I don't remember a lot of that conversation because Connor w- hadn't been it either. Uh-huh. There's a certain amount of you holding back. Yes. But there was something where, like, Connor was talking about, like, oh, and I knew that it took place in a school. I knew uh-huh. that, like, at least Final Fantasy VIII started <laughs> a school. Do you remember the funniest thing to well, remember about eight then? I remember Connor saying that there's, like, something in the basement that's, like, a, a man or something. You're so not prepared for what's in that basement. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was, like, sort of the beginning of some stuff popping off from that's, the vibe I got. That's incredible. Yeah, You know what? There is a guy yeah. in that basement. You're going to meet that guy, and things are going to pop off. Yeah. <laughs> you will, I mean, I, I have, like, but all of it's so hazy. I have, like, vague other things You will about meet it, that but. handsome young gentleman. <laughs> I feel like handsome and young were not the words used to describe him. <laughs> this is so good. This rocks. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. Um, yeah, obviously now I have like a little bit more from the beginning of the game, but not too much. I mean, beginning of the game has, the other thing is I knew about like drawing magic Mm -hmm. and vaguely that you like link it to your stats. And I sometimes thought that that was also called Cambits. But that's 12. But that's 12. Yeah. But I thought it was just like it just got reused or something. But no, it's the yeah. junction system. I also weirdly and the thought Guardian this. Force. I, yeah. I also weirdly thought that before I played 8. Um, I think that was, that's about it. That's about all I knew. So anyway, that's, you know. That's 8. I'll keep plugging away at Final Fantasy 8. Um, I'll probably some like try to keep up with Soul Hackers too because I don't want to like completely drop it, but <laughs> eight, eight has grabbed me a little bit more. <laughs> I came over. You're playing Soul Hackers too, and you're in the middle of a battle, and I'm like, is this game still a blobber like Soul Hackers one? And you finish the battle as I'm asking that, and the camera zooms way in on the protagonist's ass. That's like. <laughs> Her ass is taking up like fifty percent of the screen. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, the, but you, as you're walking around the dungeon, just huge anime ass in your face. She like take. She's like on the set, like half of the screen, mm-hmm. but like her entire model. Yeah, it's just it was very funny to ask. It is. The, it is from behind where you see her ass because she like leans over as she runs around. Yeah. But. Yeah. 
She also has like a kind of thin bony ass. It's not. Yeah. It's not that good of an ass. No. At least in terms of what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. No. This is the thing. Um, we were talking earlier about Atelier Riza a little bit. Um, yeah. And like, um, she has like thick thighs for an anime girl, but I kind of wish she was just a big girl. You know. Like, I think yeah. she would be hotter if she was actually big. <sighs> yeah. Um. Um. Anyway. I do love uh, Ringo's just ridiculous, like, disco ball jacket. It's like a puffy jacket. Oh, you're talking about Soul Hackers, too. Yeah. I was, like, sorting through Ringo. Who is Ringo in Final Fantasy VIII? <laughs> um, and it's just, like, self-illuminating with, like, different facets like lighting up and turning off um i want to save persona 4 talk i'm not going to talk about persona 4 on this episode because we we will do a bonus episode at this point with just how crazy scheduling's been it's looking like that'll probably just be like whenever i finish the game maybe yeah we'll see we might be able to like record something next week but yeah i've been the other reason I don't want to talk about Persona 4 is I, I would be happy to give you an update about where I'm at. I think I've played maybe an hour in the last week, um, spread across three different play sessions. I just, I... <clears throat> my first two weeks... The last time we recorded was right before I started my new job. Mm-hmm. Um, these first two weeks at work have gone very, 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 very well. And my first week... After work, I was getting a lot of stuff done. I was cleaning. I was cooking. I was, like, taking care of stuff. Week two after work every day, there's been stuff that's come up that's, like, made those things difficult to do. My fridge wasn't working for a few days, which didn't really incline me to cook, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Got that fixed now. Um, uh, It was... It was literally what you said of did you check the little dial for adjusting the temperature and it was where it's supposed to be and too warm but i just turned it down a couple notches and it is now back to where it's supposed to be so like like it's it was set to yeah. 37 right and it was like 44 and i turned it down to like 30 and now it's at 37 so I would still like maintenance to come look at it, but at least I have a functioning fridge. Yeah. And I'm it's a... weird that yours, because mine does not give specific, it's just like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, Well, 10. Well, so it's but... 5, 3, 1, but 3 is at like, it says like control temp. And so me coming from food service yeah. world, I'm assuming that 3 is supposed to be, it's at 37, you know? Yeah. Um... So I would still like maintenance to come look at it, and I'm a little peeved that it's been three days and they haven't even, like, called me. Uh, my guess is that they've been, like, coming around to the apartment and no one's been home, even though I gave them permission to come in and look at it. Anyway, anyway, this doesn't matter. Yeah. The important um, thing is I have barely played any Persona 4 because week two, I've had a little more tr trouble adjusting. Um, it'll be fine. The, the, the main thing is... Um, I have a really rough commute coming home. Going to work, it's not too bad because I leave early enough that traffic hasn't really hit. <clears throat> but coming home from work, traffic is in full swing and it's just it's just rough and it, it leaves me so drained, you know. Yeah. And then and then like 
you know, there's just been little things that have popped up that I've needed to take care of. And it, and it's like, you know, like, I think two nights ago or last night, I don't remember, I got everything taken care of that I needed to. And then I'm like, finally, I can game. And then I looked at the clock and I'm like, technically, I need to be going to bed in 20 minutes. So I played like 30 or 40 minutes, maybe. But, you know. Yeah. Good game. Really still enjoying Persona 4. Don't want to lose steam on it. I'd really like to see Persona 4 at the end, and I can feel that I'm losing steam because of life stuff. And I want to push through. I want to see this to the end because um, it's it's really good, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we might do a check-in with that next week, or we might do a check-in with that when I finish. You know, whatever. Oh, one other thing. There's one time where I tried to play Final Fantasy VIII. This is like after Emily and I. Like, got together because she had a copy of it. She'd mm-hmm. never beat it, but played a, a fair amount back in the day. <clears throat> um, and I started it up, and it was, like, at the point where I was just the most maximal. Like, I want to explore everything. And so I, was, I spent way too much time just yeah. running around to the school instead of, like, yeah. going and just doing the thing. Yeah, uh, eight is... And so, and I, like, went into, like, the training center and immediately encountered, like, the T-Rex or whatever. Yeah. And then, like... Just tried to fight it and didn't know. I was like, what is... And then I just, like, immediately fell off. What you're supposed to do, if you read Game Facts or or whatever, what you are supposed to do at the start of 8 is go around and play a bunch of triple triads so that you can get some super good special thingamajig so that you can go beat that T-Rex, and if you can fight the T-Rex, then you can draw some super ultra mega spell from it that's really good, especially in the early game. Eight is a game that will let you go completely insane, and you can't let it do that. Yeah. I would like one of these days to... There's a ton of side content in Eight that I never saw on my first playthrough, and I would really, really like to see that one of these days even with wanting to go through more thoroughly and see that side content, I'm never going to 100% this game. Because the th- the thing about it is, you can play triple triad against certain masters in each area of the game, and if you play against those masters, you can affect like the world tendency you can affect what cards you can get from random people on the street so if you if you read the guide they'll tell you you need to go play this person and lose on purpose so that you can then go play the master and if they don't have this card then you need to quit out and start it again and if they don't have it just keep quitting out and then once they have that card then you can play them and then you can beat them so that then you could go back to this other guy across town and beat him to get his special card so that it doesn't i bet the uh brady games does not talk about well, this I've... this is this is some real game facts yes yeah yes yes this that's is... the other thing is that uh i generally don't use guides too much um but especially with that because like i also was just like you know, not like reading the manual or anything, especially at that point, just like jumping into it and then not going and like doing the tutorial stuff with Keystus uh-huh. was just like, yeah, what is this game? Uh, so then I looked at game facts and then game facts was just like, well, you got to go do this. And you like all this. Not- I'm like, what the fuck is this game? So you had any scenes with Keystus yet? 
You talked to her, really? Or you just went to that cave with her? One of the caves. She's, like, okay. kind of in the, the vehicle while you're going. She, like, repeats. She knows what you're going to say sometimes and says it. Yeah. She's yeah. cute. I like her. Yeah. She, I think. Because, like, this guide, too, because I, I just have the Brady guide on my uh, Kindle now. Um, and this so is... it is just, like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, hey, here's the stuff in the garden. But it's most of it being, like, eh, like, this is just good for you to know. Where this is, like at the yeah. part where where there is a little map, you like yeah. show a uh, selfie about it. Um, boom, boom. But then boom. it's just like, oh, just like leave the garden and go do this. And then it has some of the stuff where it's like, hey, it'll be really useful to like go and draw some blizzard. And then if you can like get the the mid uh, magic refine, and then you can make the blizzard into blizzara. It'll make the fire. Like, you'll be able to do the fire cavern really quickly for the seed ranking or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's just stuff like that. So, it's like, like I'm just through, what, here? I'm, the, like, heading back. The, um... This guide looks really nice. I was thumbing through the Persona 4 guide a little bit on the Internet Archive. Um, that guide is... I understand, and it's it's from Double Jump, which I don't think probably had the funding behind it that, like, Brady or Prima did. But it's kind of just, like, here's some stills of the characters you like, and telling you, like, what you should be doing each day, you know? It was kind of a boring guide, a little bit. Yeah. Um. I think, If uh, that's all the gaming talk. Yeah. There hasn't been too much else. I mean, Final Fantasy VIII's been the big thing. And again, I sunk like an entire evening into just trying to fucking figure out why the shaders weren't working. Um, and then after messing around in the application for way too long, I Googled it and found someone being like, hey, why isn't this working? And someone was like, have you tried it in the desktop mode? Or no, it was somebody giving a bunch of advice. And then like you read through the thread multiple times and they're like, oh, you're not in the desktop mode. You have to do it in the desktop. It's like, why don't you mention that first? That seems like the yeah. most basic thing you would bring up to people. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Itokuniki. Um, do we have anything else to talk about? We might. I'm a little tired from aforementioned commute, and so I'm kind yeah. of ready to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, as I said on uh, the most recent Longfire, I've been listening to a lot of Japanese punk music and also watching Nerissa streams. Those have been, like, my two while I'm at work stuff. I've been listening to a lot of Final Fantasy music at work, um, and then I've been reading The Element of Fire by Martha Wells. That's a pretty good, pretty good book. Very tropey, but it's like, when I say tropey, a lot of, there's a certain YA thing that comes into your mind. The Element of Fire by Martha Wells came out in 1993, and so it's more just like, this person clearly likes detective stories, and clearly likes high fantasy, and clearly likes wizards, and kind of just put them all together in the book. You know, it's not yeah. like, it's it's pre-TV tropesification tropiness. You know? Yeah. Um, it's solid. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a three out of five book that's actually four stars, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. It's like a three out of five in spirit, but it's a really good one, and so it gets up to a four. Yeah. But its aspirations are three out of five. Um, yeah. Um, so this is our second to last episode on Ikokuniki. 
Um, do you want to mention we kind of have plans for episode 100? Yes, yes. So, this is episode 98 of Ornate Stairwells. Our next episode, episode 99, we'll be finishing up Ikoko Nikki. And then... The AMPTP should strike a deal with SAG-AFTRA. I ex- hope, expect, that will be coming any day now, right? Yeah. Um, but also the pessimistic part of me is like, it's going to take forever. It could take forever. We want to talk about a movie for episode 100 of Ornate Stairwalls. We want to talk about Perfect Blue. It is not struck work. That being said, go pirate it. Do not watch it on struck streaming services, whatever streaming services those might be. Don't go watch it there. We'll talk about it. Um, you know, like go see if they have it at your library on like Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they do. Or hell, if you still have a VHS player and they've got that VHS of the old dub. Man, I bet that's good. <laughs> that's how I first watched it. Was a VHS of the original dub, which has like three minutes removed, which is mostly like the most violent. And- like sexual stuff, but yeah, per, per I almost said Persona Four. Perfect Blue is a movie very near and dear to both of our hearts. It is a director that we have covered multiple times on this podcast. Um, you know, if the AMPTP is not struck a deal after Ikoku Nikki, we will go on and we will cover. I don't know. We were we talking. Yeah, we haven't decided. We could do the Rose of Versailles manga. I still haven't watched the anime with yeah. ggp yet because we might do that yeah uh you talked about poe clan we've talked about master and margarita the book i would love to do that <clears throat> so we we've got ideas so if if there's still not a deal after our perfect blue episode we will resume covering non-movie sorts of things but uh it's episode 100 we'd like to do a movie it's not a struck movie you know so yeah um Ikoku Nikki. Yeah. Broad thoughts on this volume. Do you? I had some thoughts I wanted to say up top. Do you have anything that you um, just kind of. I'm like these two? Or? How you're feeling about these two? How you're feeling about this getting so close to the end? Um. There's like some really good moments, and there's also. I feel like the pace has slowed a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of. And I couldn't. I couldn't quite pin down what it was. You know, I think there are some moments that are like truly just like there are moments in this that I'm like, Yamashita is doing the damn thing. Like there is some fucking incredible stuff in these volumes. And there is also some stuff that I'm like, I, I, it's not working for me and I can't totally pin down why it's not working for me. You know? Yeah. Um, I guess that's why we're here to do this podcast, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I tried to write up some synopses. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. I was cramming last night to get this done because, um, like I say, just kind of a stressful week for me. Yeah. Normal stressful, though. Normal stressful. Just like, oh, I'm kind of more tired and than I want to be. Not like, oh, my job sucks. I'm really happy with my job. So Yeah. Uh, so, page 36... This is what I wrote. Uh, you probably remember some of this more than I do, because I read this like over a week ago. Well, I, I was read... really on top of my my reading this week. I read volume eight probably a week ago as well. Volume nine is um, 
page 36. Asa overhears some first years in the light music club saying they're afraid to say the wrong thing around Asa because her parents died. She also learns Makio and Emery are messaging online. She talks to Emery about what she heard the first year say and asks Emery about how she felt when she texted her after her parents first died. She also asks Emery if she likes girls and Emery thinks about how she has kept uh, her girlfriend's show a secret from her family and friends. Is she asking in that moment? I, I thought Emery is remembering a time that Asa asked, so do you like girls? Because remember, there was that chapter where Makio and Emery's mom were eating lunch over here, and Emery and Asa were eating lunch at the table next to them, and Asa was like, so do you like girls? And Emery is like, we're not talking about this anymore. I thought Emery is remembering mm. that moment. Because look, oh, she's, yeah. she's wearing yeah. her school uniform here, and she's wearing like a... Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway... Um, um, you can understand why last time I had read this chapter and couldn't talk to and you about no it. And had no fucking chill about it. And had no chill. I don't know if you've listened to The Long Fire, but... I have not. I have we not. roast you for how little chill you had about it. <laughs> meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> um, yeah. To be fair... The big thing happens. Yeah. The, the thing. You could add chill about it, though. Like, it was hard. <laughs> it was difficult. Um. I thought I thought that this. I mean, this is one where there's like. This is kind of build up to thirty seven. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. There's some stuff in here that's also kind of interesting around the like, you know. Asa having this moment of like, oh, here are these people who like don't really know what to say around me, and I'm kind of feeling weird about them like talking about me behind the my back that way. But then I'm also thinking about Ma- Makio when you first texted me, being like, oh, the wording on that feels like she really thought about what to say. And now Asa's like, at the time that seemed like a good thing, but also there's like, was it also this sort of same awkwardness that's happening here where you were like trying to walk on eggshells around me? And it was like mm. trying to navigate that and be like, you know, there's like complexity to to how I'm feeling about this. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, it kind of. I stand also. Also yeah. so good. <laughs> um, and then I kind of spurns Emery to be like, let me tell you. Yeah. Um. So. Do you just want to move on to the next? Yeah, because this is really set up for thirty-seven. Yeah. So thirty-seven. Uh, Emery responds, to, or yeah, so basically, uh, Emery says to Asa that she has a girlfriend. Um, Asa is kind of awkward about being pres- uh, supportive, and when she says that she's not prejudiced, Emery basically says, "Yes, you still are." <laughs> um, and then thinks about all the ways that heteronormative society has isolated her as abnormal. Uh, when Emery says that she just wants to be. The me that she wants to be, it finally connects for Asa, and she apologizes, saying that it's up to Emery to decide if she was hurt. Um, Asa having a real moment of a thing that I tried to explain to my toddler, like, literally tonight. Literally tonight. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, they end up coming to some resolution and go to a bookstore to look for books by Juno, which mostly seem to be about murder. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is great. You understand Juno. why I had no chill. 
None. You could have had chill. You could have just said, oh, I know a little bit more, but let me just say here, like, Juno's not binary. We should say that then. You could have just said that and moved on. Anyway. Meow, 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 meow. Anyway, them like going to the bookstore is intercut with Juno and Makio on the phone chatting. And there's like a little bit of like, they're looking at all this murder stuff. And then Juno's just like, well, also being Juno. Juno used to have a penis and no longer has one, it sounds like. If I'm understanding that conversation correctly. It could be that Juno didn't used to have a penis. But then sometimes when going to the bathroom is thinking about what it would be like to have a penis. I guess that could be the case. I hadn't thought about that. Anyway. It's ambiguous. It's purposefully ambiguous. Yeah. I didn't think about the specific... You might You might be right. You might be right. Let's, let's go see the dick portion of this. <laughs> this Makio asking, so how do you feel about penises judo is really good. <laughs> um... Based on how little chill you thought, I thought that this whole thing with Emery and Asa was going to blow up way more. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's just that it's the it's the coming out to Asa and the 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 Juno trans thing in or non-binary question mark. Oh yeah. Uh, so well, yes, is non-binary because like you know Asa asks here. So is Juno a boy or a girl? And Machio is like, well, Juno is Juno. So, yeah. Um, yeah, here. Uh, mind if I talk about something sort of indecent? Just earlier today, I thought I had a penis and tried to take a piss standing up for the first time in a hundred years. Yeah, I can't tell if that's yeah. If that's like when I was little, I I tried to pee standing up because I just wanted to do it that way, and then they're like, yeah. no, you have to sit down. Or I used to have a penis. And, and yeah, yeah, it's ambiguous. Yeah. Regardless, Juno is Juno. Yeah. Um, Juno loves writing books about gory murders, and we love that for them. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Machio saying, So then, what are your feelings towards penises, Juno san? <laughs> are you sure you want to ask that? <laughs> anyway, anyway, we skipped over the actual best part of this chapter. Yeah. You mean that's not the best part of this chapter? <laughs> Juno, what do you think about penises? Um, the actual best part of this chapter, it, 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 um, um, like, okay, so Asa and Emily are talking, um, and Asa says, before I'm the person with the dead parents, um, oh god, I'm sounding like Makio-chan here, before I'm the person with dead parents, I'm me, you know, a human. <laughs> and and Emery and Asa are both sort of like staring at the table and and like Emery says, I'm me, and Asa is Asa, and under them the the tide on the beach of uh like Emery's like metaphorical loneliness rolls in. And then um there's a little more dialogue on the next page and you turn you keep turning pages yes <laughs> it's a couple more pages but basically um asa is like who's the me you want to be and emily is imagining herself as like a cool lesbian with short hair and she's married to somebody cool and she's drinking her starbucks and 
God, I stan Emery so hard. Yeah. She's so fucking cool. Uh, uh, and this is, like, basically the the image that we got earlier. Yes. Like, the way that, that this, like, the me that I want to be that Emery has is the that one moment where we talked about where Asa, last time, <clears throat> was playing the music and, like, thinking about changing the world and is changing the world just one person remembers mm-hmm. my performance and it was like Amory saying, Hey, when was it that you like played that song or whatever? Right. Um, and it was like basically this. And I, I just, I just love like the ambiguity. Same hoop earrings and stuff. I just love the ambiguity of like, is this future Asa? Is this like a projected future Asa? Who is she married to? It seems like her and Asa are still in each other's lives in some capacity, but it does. I don't get the feeling from these two volumes that these two are going to be together at the end of this series, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot here. Though the, we, we are going to get a lot more gay Asa. <laughs> gay little homo girl. Trying to yeah. figure things out. Oh. But yeah, it is also funny where... Um... Also, Juno's the... <laughs> faces are so good. <laughs> yeah, Juno's great. Um, and yeah, reading the book is reading the books or like looking at the books is great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, and like the uh, honestly, being able to write novels and stuff is so impressive to me. It's so noble. Yeah, and then it's just both Makio and Juno being. I don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was crying the whole time I wrote it. <laughs> the mass slaughter scene, you're so perverted. <laughs> um, anyway, great. Good stuff. Chapter 37 is so good. Yeah. Um, page 38. Asa decides to, quote unquote, become a detective to find out who her father was and asks a bunch of people about their own dads. And also if they think their dads loved them as mm-hmm. part of it. Emery is worried that any answer Asa might get will hurt her, specifically the answer that Asa has, which is sort of, like, who is my dad and did he love me? Uh, which also might perhaps be a certain amount of projecting her own anxieties uh-huh. about how she still hasn't come out to her family uh-huh. and maybe why she hasn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the gist of it. I mean, it's just a lot of... This is like... um. There's some interesting stuff happening here, but I felt like there wasn't quite as much, like... Like, it was, like, little tiny bits of character development with, like, Kasumachi, but, like, the the important Kasumachi thing is going to happen much later. Yeah, I can't remember when it happens, but Kasumachi is in his feelings. We'll get to it. I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) Man, Kasumachi rocks. (laughs) Um, Kasumachi underrepresented in these two volumes, but when he does show up, he's so good. (laughs) Uh, I guess the other thing that's important about this is that, like, this is, in a way, going to become a seed for the lyrics that Asa's going to write later. Yeah. Um, like, specifically, like, a part of this, but... Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the, get... the singling out of the conversation with Kasumachi Kats- uh, here is... When, when Asa... So, at the start of the chapter, we get, like, flashes of Asa asking everybody, what's your dad like? And then we get toward the end of the chapter, like the one on one where she's asking everybody, but we really hone in on her asking uh, Kasumachi, do you think your dad loves you? Kasumachi's and we like, don't. Uh... Yeah, we don't get an answer. There. It's like, well, you see. Uh... 
Um, so we'll, we'll we'll save that. Any other thoughts on that? No. There's like a decent chapter for like kind of developing some general themes here. Yeah, that's but, kind of... Um, I felt like it didn't push like main characters really. It like set some groundwork for main characters. I think in general the cast is ballooned a little too much. Maybe. Yeah. Um, which in some ways is nice. Um, like I I like most of the characters that have been introduced in this sort of later stage. It almost it almost feels like because from from what I can tell, this book w- was a sort of surprise big hit. You know. And introducing all the other characters almost feels like, is this going to go for 30 volumes? You know? Yeah. It does have a certain, like, there's a, I think, like, in it, it feels like it's coming around the same time. There's, like, stuff that happens in Nana where you hit the point where it's clear, like, there's a part where, like, it's going to expand because, like, it's gotten big enough that she's like, well, maybe I end it with volume seven because that would be fitting mm-hmm. and then especially you after you get to past volume seven like the cast starts ballooning again and like all this new stuff gets introduced because it's like well okay this is just gonna keep going so yeah. i just i need to like fill this out more and it it feels like it's in an awkward phase and it maybe especially knowing that it's going to end pretty soon i i think the book would work better if it was just focused from start to finish of like getting us to that spot. Yeah. You know, and it just feels like, yeah, I I think maybe that's the issue with the pacing that I'm having is, is there's so many people added to the cast that I'm like, I don't, I'm not invested in this person. I like them, but I'm not invested in them, you know? Yeah. There's also, and again, like, I don't know how much of this is, uh, the translation having an effect on my reading of it as well. But there's ways that like certain characters, I don't quite, I have like a vague sense of them, but I don't have like a clearer sense of them. And and, and some of the characters look similar, which is a thing that we've, we've brought up. But even beyond that, like there's some I, manga that will, will introduce a character and will like spend, even if it's just like a, a like part of a chapter, will just give you enough about that person and will, like, flesh them out as a human being enough quickly mm-hmm. that, like, you then immediately slot them in and you, like, accept, you know, and you're, well, and you're pulled in. And a lot of characters are kind of brought in briefly, but, like, so much of the, the dialogue is kind of, um, like, interwoven and stuff, too. So it's, like, you got, like, this entire chapter of, like, eight different people talking about their dads. And so then it's, like... I'm not like getting as much where somebody in particular is kind of there's connecting. I'm spending time with one person and connecting with them. There's times where if I were localizing the book, maybe I'm going in and adding like such and such coon comma, you know, where maybe the Japanese had she or you or whatever. I'm going in and I'm saying, let's reiterate this character's name to sort of ground the reader in this moment, you know? Um, just because my 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 understanding from an extreme 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 layman is that there are a lot more and more varied pronouns in Japanese. Well, it's also once a topic is established in Japanese, you do not have to repeat. You don't need to use pronouns. You can just say 
sometimes you don't even need to state the subject to begin with. Mm-hmm. You could be having a, a meal and all you say is like delicious, basically, or like is delicious. Mm-hmm. People know that you're talking about the food. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say this is delicious. You don't have to say the food's delicious. You right. just say is delicious. That's like a more obvious example in here. But there's also stuff where you establish that we're talking about, you know, our friend M. Mm. We don't then have to keep saying they, M, blah, blah, blah. We might just say, you know, something where that that subject is assumed. Yeah. And I, I, I feel bad. And so I, there's like so much dropping off of even where you would in English put a pronoun to refer back to the original. I don't want to. I don't want to bag on this translation too much. I, f- I feel. I feel bad because I feel like on every episode we've talked about it in some manner, um, and usually in a negative light. And like I understand that this is unpaid passion project sort yeah. of thing. I I have I have nothing but for res- but respect for the people who who put this together. Um, and you know. I, I don't really read the things at the end of the chapters, but I might go see if there's some way like I can support the work that they do. Cause this, I'm really glad that this exists. Yeah. I just also, I can hold that alongside the, if I were the editor on a professional translation that we were going to put into bookstores, I might say, we need to take a couple liberties here and there to make this clearer to, you know, an English speaking audience, you know? Yeah. And also, like, um, the other thing, and this is just, like, the realities of of production, if you're doing an official translation, there's probably more connection, if not to the the author, at least to, like, that side of the publishing as well, where there's probably more ability to also talk about, like, hey, we're trying to puzzle through this thing, or whatever. Yeah. if you can't get in touch with the mangaka, maybe you can get in touch with their editor or, you yeah. know, an editor who works at the publisher who handles translation sort of stuff, you yeah. know? Um, there's just more infrastructure beyond even just the team that's doing the editing and yeah. translating and stuff that exists in yeah. that scenario. In addition to there's not always the best pay from what I understand, but there's still like, more pay and stuff too. Yeah. The, it's the more than books. zero. <laughs> yeah. Um page thirty-nine. Page thirty-nine. Some of Asa's father's former co-workers agree to meet with her to talk about her dad. Uh it's kind of a funny scene because they're all like, we didn't really know him. He like didn't really talk. He was kind yeah. of a weirdo. Yeah. But like his daughter wants to we should we should we should do something. We should It's it's really <laughs> funny to think about like if if this like if I died tomorrow, and somebody came to my new place of work that I've been at for two weeks and was like, "Oh, I want to learn more about Autumn. Can you tell me more about them?" My new coworkers would be like, "Well, she seemed nice enough, <laughs> you know." Yeah. And, and these are people who worked with him for years that are like, "Well, he seemed nice enough." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they really can't say and and there's a certain like obvious like Asa wants some more and they're like, uh, he was nice. He didn't seem like he would hurt anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't know him that well. <laughs> um 
So then Asa continues to reflect on the question of who are you? And it begins to echo back to her. And she begins to worry that she, or this is a little of maybe what's happening on happening in here, that she is also potentially indistinct or a supporting role. Mm. Right. Um, like her father was. So there's a certain like fear mm. of like, nobody seems to really know my father or remember anything about him. Uh, that important. Am I just also one of those people who is like kind of forgettable? Mm-hmm. Um, and does express anxiety about like, oh, people, you can just look at her. She's like clearly a main character. Also, you're the main character of this manga, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of a, um, you know, Yuzawa, I would joke about that way more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there would be a, there would be like a wink at the camera. Yeah. You know? This is um, like, there's just that like, there's that, like one little like there's that little sprinkling of Tezuka that Yuzawa Ai has, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> anyway, in the final moments of the chapter, Asa has Makio read some more lyrics she wrote, and Makio says she is improving, but again recommends focusing more on one main theme. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah, we also have this uh man. Not enough Tono in these chapters. Yeah. Not enough lawyer in these chapters. I M O. Yeah. <laughs> say, uh, <laughs> say, um, Tono-san, how did you find out? Pardon? Like, <laughs> what you wanted to do, or like how you found yourself? My what? <laughs> I'm afraid I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> there wasn't any searching involved. It was just there. So maybe just re-examining things is all that's needed. <laughs> <laughs> I love, 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 love the way in which Asa is able to so like cut to the quick of things, you know? Yeah. And just like beat people over the head with just the like questions that she's asking that she's like well this is really obvious everybody thinks about this and they're like uh, fuck i mean i guess my dad loves me fuck i've never been asked if my dad loves me before uh, there's literally gonna be a whole chapter about um uh, outsider perspectives on asa's question asking <laughs> yeah um, um, I, uh, I really liked this bit, uh, this little like graph of, I am someone having a, uh, having it really, really t- you go. I am someone having it really tough because her parents died, who has a novelist as an aunt, a best friend whose object of romance, a uh, romantic interest is girls. And her girlfriend is apparently cute. A friend who is good at drawing, a friend who's rich, a friend whose dad is a photographer, a friend who is the smartest kid in our grade, friends who are appearing on stage in the school festival, my aunt's weird friends, and should be gaining depth in music, but for some reason isn't getting there. <laughs> um, and, and, and then on the next page, like, having it really tough, not really getting anywhere, and it's, it's kind of difficult to describe in words. She's, like, drawing... I take notes in my notebook the same way. Uh, she's drawing it like, these are the only two things where I'm not happy with who I am. You know? Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really good. That she's like, I have lots of really good things in my life. There's these two things, though, that are bothering me, and it sort of makes me feel depressed about everything else. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and we also get this, this talking about earthquakes that she feels. Yeah, um, I was really hoping that that would get a little more developed. Uh, there's there's a little bit of a development. But we'll, the, there we'll there is, but um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get the, the lyric stuff. And she talks about, and maybe this is going to be more in future chapters, what she's talking about is having anxiety attacks, but, but she describes yeah. it as an earthquake that only she can feel, which I thought was just such a... I'm I'm 16. I don't know what anxiety attacks are. are. I'm trying to describe this as best I can, and that's where I got to. I really liked that as like a yeah you know thing element. Um. So page 40. When Makio hones in on the image of an echo in Asa's lyrics, Asa begins to focus on that idea as well as she tries to refine the lyrics. She reflects on various other ideas related to an echo, like reverberations, influence, which Kanji is is related to mm. echo. Um, it's like coming back or like go, I forget the exact way that it's related, but they explain it briefly in the, the translation. Um, so yeah, reverberations influence. Um, Machio brings up the image of an empty hallway at school without people along with like other places where echoes would happen. And Asa does like notice the echo while going into an empty hallway. Um, and then uh, begins to connect this idea of Echo with her feelings of earthquakes in the desert. Um, she talks with Kasamachi, who she runs to after he has just seen his dad. And Kasamachi admits that he doesn't think his dad loves him, at least not in the way he wants, and that that's a very hard thing to realize. Asa asks what would happen if there was reverberations in a desert, metaphorically, uh, versus some clarifications like, is this a metaphor thing or is this a real thing? Are you asking me about science or are you trying to talk about something? Um, she's like, metaphorically. It's like, okay, uh, maybe the sandwood part and it would reveal an oasis if there's reverberations in the desert. Uh, also reflects on the idea of howling in the desert so that an echo will return and that... Um, that echo also then gets linked to the idea of maybe the echo is other people howling back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I thought this was a good chapter. I thought this was a good chapter. This did highlight, you know, kind of going back to something I was thinking about before, um, the heart of the book, the soul of the book is the Asa and Makio relationship. Um, and, and, and getting a really good Asa and Makio moment in this chapter sort of, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I've been missing those, you know, yeah. a little bit of like those two, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But also it's weird. Cause I feel like their relationship is in a good spot. And also Makio is kind of going through her own stuff right now that makes her very distant. So it kind of makes sense that she kind of falls away a little bit, you know? Um, I guess maybe, Early on, there was more Machio chapter, Asa chapter, Machio chapter, Asa chapter, and we're do we're doing a lot more from the Asa perspective. Um, and, and maybe what I'm needing is a little more Machio perspective mixed in there. You know, I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. Just um, thinking through. Yeah, this moment of Kasabachi saying, "I'm probably not loved by my dad." Uh, and then there's the echo. At least, uh, at the very least, it's not the form of love I want. Uh, I read this 
Man, I read this shortly after having a therapy session where I said, I don't know if my parents love me, at least not the way I want. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this shit's real. Yeah. Um, I... No, can't. no, I'm not talking about. It. I'm yeah. not talking about. It. Anyway, there's there's too much, too much. Can't. I'm not saying this. Real on a fucking moment. Real fucking shit right here. Anyway, um, and then also he says that's something that's been painful for me for a long time, uh, and the act itself of realizing how painful it was was also pretty tough. <laughs> like in a what's a grown man doing feeling like that kind of thing, um, and specifically we get this like sort of evoking of uh in like multiple panels of like mm. that feeling being a thing that like makes you feel like a little kid again. Yeah. Um, well, in a fucking and, real moment. Like sometimes you feel like man, when I was 17, my emotions were so big all the time and now even with my lowest lows or my highest highs just aren't like that anymore because I'm not like hormonal in the same way you know and um like kasamachi going through i like i felt like a teenager again where i was feeling like the biggest feeling i've ever felt it's like man that's real as fuck because it does still happen every now and then you know yeah and specifically the the you know one sequence with this is and most of all the feeling that after all this time i still want to be loved by someone like that is just such (sighs) <sighs> and then we get the like you know teen version basically uh and then cuts back to like the asserting this like new adult you know like sort of breaking out of that a little bit and saying but even if i'm not loved by that person that doesn't make me a human without value mm. which is an important thing to that's a that's a tough thing to be able to always say yep <laughs> anyway then um, Makio comes by and plops down between the two of them, and it's so cute. It's yeah. just a good little moment. Yeah, here we get the the echo in the oasis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Makio comes. <laughs> you were bad-mouthing me. <laughs> She's uh, just like you for real. Uh, She's just like you for real. And then... Um, Oh yeah, she also can wants to make sure she's not gonna get bit by mosquitoes because that's also me. They those mosquito bites, they those puff right up on me. Well, it's specifically she's sitting down between the two of them because she wants the mosquitoes to bite the two of them and not yeah. her. That's me. <laughs> I'm extremely a macchio. Um. But yeah, and then asks Macchio to do a wolf style howl, and she's like, "What?" And then she does, yeah. and then all the dogs start barking and howling back. Yeah. Um, she a wolf, get it? Yeah. Um, nope, not volume ten. Let's oh, you don't want to open volume one of Akira? No. <sighs> volume nine. So, page forty-one. Uh, Makio is in a slump, which seems to mostly be a big depressive episode. Yes. <laughs> Uh, somewhere in here Makio is like I know I'm always like that but I feel like I'm extra like that right now and uh man <laughs> if it ain't a mood <laughs> yeah uh, <clears throat> also tries to think of ways to help her they talk a little and Makio apologizes if she is forcing Asa to be more self-reliant but Asa says it really started when the truck hit 
Makio asks when Asa became such an adult. Man. That's real as hell. Yeah. Um, your your kiddo has been like getting more mature since starting school, and it like kind of fucks me up because I won't see them for like a week. You know, like I'll only yeah. see them on Friday, and I'll be like, "You know, like ten new words you didn't know last time, and you're an inch taller. What the fuck?" <laughs> um. Yeah, we specifically get like. Uh, am I forcing you into being more self-reliant and grow and stuff? And then, well, and then we get, you know, multiple panels of the truck. When the truck hit, when it hit them, ever since. It's okay, or rather, it's fine. <laughs> and then we um, get the... Her, her and her desert, and Makio and her oasis, and, like... Uh, Kasamachi in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> The, the metaphorical space, this is the stuff that, like, really fucking slaps, I think. Like, this is the the visual storytelling of, of of these is just so good, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, and then we get her howling in the desert, and then they're hearing, and Makio asks, Asa, when exactly did you become such an adult? Yeah. It's yeah. okay to take things slower. <laughs> Uh, what if I'm always watching vigilantly for a chance to become an adult? What then? <laughs> Why? Because it's cool? <laughs> um, yeah. Then, uh, page 42. Mm-hmm. Ready to move on? Yeah. So, at Light Music Club, they decide to make who wrote which lyrics anonymous when they vote on which to use. Uh, Asa ends up tying with Mimori, who's a character who's barely gotten any of, but yeah, um, for the most votes. Uh, but she still feels inferior to Mimori, who has already written a melody for her lyrics. Um, and then I think also says in here that uh, after, like, when she goes to to uh, university, she is not going to continue Light Music Club. Um. At home, Kasamachi is visiting Makio, and they talk about how when Makio is in a slump, she feels unlovable. Again, slump is depressive episode. Uh, also, I am Makio. <laughs> uh, they also talk about talent. That night, as Asa falls asleep, Makio tells Asa that there are many things that seem to come easy to Asa that Makio wishes she could do, like take life in stride and approach things with a cheerful attitude. This is, is this where they talk about Makio's friend who, uh, committed suicide? No, well, I think... Well, and, and pointedly not talk about it. Yeah, I think that is the next one. Okay, okay. Um, this chapter in particular has this thing where, like, each page is, like, oh, the same yeah. basic framing of, like, an environment. There's, like, sometimes, like, slight shifts, like, it might zoom in a little bit, or it might, like, pan a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it's like, here we are looking at like this specific portion of the classroom with Asa in the center and characters will sort of move in and out. And Asa's kind of always in frame mm-hmm. throughout it, but other characters will sort of move and be obscured and pop their head into the like edge of the frame and stuff. Yeah, uh, This feels like a really cool experiment that Yamashita is doing. It didn't work for me necessarily yeah. i did 
I felt like this sort of detracted from... I sort of felt like this didn't really help tell the story. You know, I didn't really understand what was this, like, mechanic of the chapter accomplishing, you know? Yeah. Um... I'm not I'm not saying like oh this is a bad chapter because of it or anything. It just felt sort of like I don't know what this is about. Yeah. Um also I straight up didn't understand what the conversa- the text conversation early on in this. Like I I don't know who Michiko is, you know? Uh Michiko is Emery's mom. Michi. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um I don't know. Uh, I think Emery sometimes called her mom. Michiko. Okay. That was the thing, but... Um, but yeah, other other than that, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff to pull out of this chapter. Um. The other thing is that occasionally it, um, I felt like it, like, this format, I liked that it was focusing on Asa, but at times because it was, like, often obscuring other people because they are like facing away from the frame or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways it like made it slightly harder for me to sometimes latch on to like exactly who was talking or like, yeah, kind of remembered all the details about the character, especially like we're trying to introduce memory here in a big way. Like she's come up before, but like we're trying to introduce her and she's like, off panel a lot and it's unclear when she's speaking you know yeah um, i don't know but uh i mean one of the things that it does do is because you have this like repetition so when you then have the break of thinking about like them through the window i don't want them to dislike me for no reason and then like, them being mimori uh, chio and some, some guy some yeah i don't Memori's boyfriend, maybe? That's the thing that comes up? Yeah, might be him. Anyway. Um, and then we also get Makio with the... Maybe the right way to think about it is no matter what you do for another person, you can't alter the heart uh, or actions of another person. Most actions do not bear fruit or even reserve, receive thanks in return. I think it's noble to still do those things, even knowing that. And Makio making her Makio sicko's face when she says it. <laughs> Um, she's great. She's great. Um, yeah. And then we, we go back to sort of the, the format from there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I did like this, uh, bedtime conversation between the two of them. I don't quite remember what it was about, but I remember this was sort of my favorite. Moment, yeah. But... So this is the part where, um, Machio says about that talent you were talking about before, uh, your cheerfulness and stuff, how you talk, how you neatly accept goodwill from people, and how you can just take in stride the things you'd rather not accept. There's lots more I could list, but how do, uh, do you know how much I've wanted those sorts of things? Can you imagine it? Um, and Asa <laughs> is like falling asleep as she's saying yeah, all this. Like, basically, is this about the world being unfair? And Machia just laughs. Unfair, <laughs> unfairness is unfair, even in this part. Go to sleep. Good night. Good night. Yeah, I really like that little bedtime conversation. And that was yeah. the that was the bit where um, because that's it. Machia's back is to the camera, and Asa is laying on the floor out of frame. Yeah. Um. 
that was the bit where the the structure of the chapter being these like repeated panels worked for me the best. Yeah. Cuz it was that in particular captured this there's this conversation happening where some of it is Makio with Asa half asleep like maybe feeling the space to like admit these things that if you're just like having a conversation face to face she would not be like I envy how you can be cheerful all the time mm-hmm. because I have depression mm-hmm. um so um page 43 Asa talks to Makio about why some people quit and some people don't quit. Uh, thinking about Makio saying that she won't do light music club at uni. Um, and thinking she, about uh, Memori. Oh yeah, Memori saying she won't do like I did write Memori. Did I say Makio? You said Makio. It's fine. Uh, thinking about, uh, in part about Memori saying she won't do light music club at uni and Chio deciding to still become a doctor despite the unfairness in that system. Uh, Makio learning about Chio's friend being affected by this cries of the unfairness uh, also reveals a little bit that she had a writer friend she thought wrote better than her, uh, but quit by mm-hmm. committing the, the, the ultimate wedding mm-hmm. by committing suicide. Um, Makio says that she thinks talent or maybe her talent I was a little unclear on this, if this is talent broadly or if she's talking about her own talent, um, is not being able to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think she's talking about both her talent and, um, talent broadly. Yeah. That I think what she's saying there is, is talent is not, oh, I'm just good at guitar from the first time I picked it up. Yeah. But rather, I keep playing guitar because I don't, I, I can't stop playing guitar, you know? Yeah. I keep practicing. It is the thing that, like, motivates me. Um, at the Light Music Club performances, Asa watches Mimori play. Uh, Asa says that she will continue. Yay! Asa says that she will continue doing Light Club at uh, uni, and Mimori cries, and her brother's like, what's going, or her boyfriend is like, what's going on? Gay! Um, It's gay. Just heterosexually watching heterosexually holding your friend's hands. Yeah. Uh, After watching them play guitar and Mm -hmm. thinking about how cool they were. Mm. And just really needing to let them know. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, we get the, like, Memori playing and singing, um, and then Asa watching, and then the, the me I want to be, uh, someone who, you know, Asa's shouting that, uh, we got Makio, someone who's fighting for who they are, Emery saying, I want to be like that too, um, Chio, Chio, yeah, I wonder, Memori, a secret from Mochizuki, who's, I think that boy? Yeah. Who I think is her boyfriend? Yeah. Interesting that we're getting, like... Juno and Emery, uh, and being the me I want to be, sort of all juxtaposed into each other in this moment of Asa watching this girl be cool. Yeah. Interesting. When adults say you youngsters are told your future is limitless. Uh, Emery saying, I want to be free. Uh, Makio, you're being annoying. Um, Asa's mother, you need to be able to decide things for yourself. Uh, Asa's dad, yeah. <laughs> Juno, that's really the internal question, ain't it? 
Um, Chio, did you think your life is over? Uh, Asa just fucking bawling while I, I think this is. She's eating sushi. Yeah, sushi. So I think this is like shortly after her parents died. Mm-hmm. Um, Makio saying, uh, do you know how much I wanted that sort of thing? Can you imagine it? Um, see and see like, okay, I've been a little down on these two volumes. Like, I, I, like I'll just, you know, I've been a little more critical of these two than the last two. This chapter, man. Yeah. This fucking chapter. The thing is, there's some great fucking chapters, and then there's other chapters where I'm like, I just, I wish that, like, there's a little more meat to it. Yeah. There's there's more chapters that feel like it's just set up for stuff, and you kind of need that, but, like, sometimes I wish there was more balance to a chapter of, yeah. you're, part of the chapter is setting up something that you're going to talk about two chapters from now. Part of it is having a really impactful conclusion to something from a chapter two yeah. or three ago. Yeah. You know? But, man, this fucking chapter... Holy shit. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think in general, like, most of the content here, it's more of a pacing thing for me than a... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, holding Memori's hands, saying, Memori-chan, I think I'll keep doing light music even at university. Oh, I think this is... So I don't even know who that other boy was, because I think this is... This is, like, the boy that is in Asa's band. That Asa's yeah. been talking like this is, this is Asa's music Esling friend. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Me too. Me too. Ah, I'll carry that. I got it. And then uh, Memori, seeming like she's about to cry, saying, "I don't like this. I'm shaking. So stop." It, it, presumably to Asa holding her hands. Seemingly Asa holding her hands, but maybe also this like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. But, um, oh yeah, chapter 44 is really good too. Yeah. I really liked this chapter. I kind of forgot about this, but I like this. Well, we'll have to figure out 45 because I forgot to write synopses for that one. But page 44, Makio is struggling with what to write and talking to her main character, Ruby, uh, who is stuck between not being able to go anywhere and also being able to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, she thinks about doing a, which is a thing that makes, it's like weird for a person to say, but makes sense as a character of being mm. like, you know, this isn't going anywhere, but also I could literally write fucking anything. Yeah. And like the fact I could write anything is part of what's hard. Yeah. Um, she thinks about doing a new perspective character and in the process thinks about her sister. She realizes that Emery is over and talks a little with Asa and Emery while eating a pudding. Uh, Emery starts talking about the what if where Makio and her sister were on good terms. And so both Asa and Emery grew up knowing Makio and having books recommended to them mm-hmm. and also being scared of her. And, <laughs> and, and Makio is like, well, I guess you'd read the frog and the toad. Yeah. You do. You two little gay kids should read the gave book. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too. And she's like, I'd recommend you read the frog and the toad. And they're like, we already read that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I I really liked this as just like sort of an interjection of a whole other like genre that's happening, kind of of like you know like <clears throat> um. It feels like Machio's out here writing Basara or something, you know? Yeah, 
or like Fushigi Yugi, maybe. I don't know. I don't really have a grasp on it, but it's kind of interesting to just see like this wholly other thing that just gets like, you know, just pops into it. Um, her, also, her head can apparently fall off. The character's head can apparently fall off and is held on with like a bandage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, uh, where do you want to go? I want to go home. I already wrote that. I want to go home. I said, she looks like Asa in the desert in that moment too. Yeah. Shouting. I want to be the me that I want to be. Um, also looks a little bit like Emery. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have like a ton to say about this chapter. I just I just thought it was nice. Also, I like this weird priest character that's like yeah, so, maybe that'll be my new perspective person. Well yeah, so there's this like weird priest character as the new pers- perspective person that says, "Yes, that's right. You and only you cannot go anywhere because you can't <clears throat> cannot receive the divine protection of the stars. In other words, because you are not human." Um and it's like, "Oh yeah, you know, Maybe I'll do this perspective character. Uh, you know, only you cannot go anywhere and then thinks of her mm-hmm. sister pointing at her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then being like, uh, should I write this character? Because I just want, like, part of me is like, is this like trying to talk yourself out of trying to write about the thing that's actually the thing that's bothering you? Where she's like, mm, is it is it bad motivation to write about this character just because I want to see the artist, like, draw the character <laughs> i think that'd be cool in the style mm-hmm. um but yeah and then gets broken out of it by realizing that emery is over yeah <laughs> <laughs> um these little drawings of like emery and asa as kids holding hands and being scared of like the imagined Machio. i love this shit um it's a little later in the chapter but yeah, yeah. um um also Makio's hair just getting more and more unkempt as time goes on. <laughs> yeah. Also, the young Makio with the really short hair is great. I just thought that was a man. I just thought that was a man until I realized, oh, that's young Makio. Yeah. A blunt, unsociable, scary aunt who would recommend books to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the little kid, Emery, and uh, also just, like, crying, and then it's... <laughs> The bottom of the page is just Makio eating some pudding off of a spoon. Yeah. The fact that she's eating pudding throughout this tickled me so much. Yeah. I don't know why, but... <laughs> no, it's good, though. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, then Ooh. page 45. Do you remember what happens here? Because I nope. did not write down. Nope. Don't remember. Um. Oh, Makio gets friends. Er, get Makio gets <laughs> friends. <laughs> Makio gets lunch with Juno and another author. Um, some guy she knows. I don't remember his name. He looks like who, Asa's dad, yeah. kind of. And who? Uh, fans all think is a girl because of like how cute his Instagram posts are or whatever. Right. Um. And so she's sort of telling the two of them, like, Asa was just going around asking people, do you think your dad loves you? Or was, like, going around asking me, like, um, why do I write books? Yeah. Hey, and why all, do you write novels and stuff? And all of them are like, well, why do we write novels? And, yeah. and Juno and the guy are, like, sort of seriously trying to consider it. And then Makio 
starts to give an answer and then feels too embarrassed about it to go on. Um, but it kind of felt like, oh, maybe that broke her out of the slump, hopefully, you know? Yeah. Um, and I love that the reason that she gives is, I just think, like, heroes and heroines and daring adventure are cool. You know, I, I, I think it's fun when, like, to go on a fantasy adventure, <laughs> you know? I, I That's such a good motivation for Makio to have, I think, in some ways. Because um. she's such, like, a high-minded sort of literary type of person the fact that she just likes adventures and adventure stories i thought i thought that was really nice yeah well and also i think some of it is like this um what so i I wanted you know she says uh i always wanted to fight i wanted a magic user to sneak in through a window i wanted a closet to link to a different world to meet a dragon to use swords and magic um, and so, like, all of that feels like the, like, certain amount of you want to escape mm-hmm. from, like, the world that you're in. Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, being a kid and reading books is, like, escape from uh, what seemed to be, like, probably an abusive home in uh, various ways. Uh-huh. We've seen their mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then also, I love the idea of someone mustering up their courage to fight for someone else. Um because I wanted that for so long, I wrote it. Um, basically being like, in some ways being like, I wanted somebody to fight for me. And so I just wrote about a, a world where people would fight for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also like who Machia tends to be. Yeah. I mean, that's who Machia was when she was like, I'm going to take in Asa. Yeah. 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 Machia's entire face blushing as she gets to the end of this is so good. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, it seems very embarrassed about it. Uh, Stan Machio. And then we've got a little bit of like, uh, oh, Asa yeah. and Emery. Yeah. And you get like, it's a little confusing, but it made sense once I read it and reread it a little bit. Cause Asa and Emery are talking. I don't quite remember. What are they talking about? One of the things they talk about is Chio. Yeah, they talk about Chio. Um... Oh, I like the part here uh, where they're talking about how they would write. Um, what is it? Uh, I'm just an idiot, so I don't understand mm-hmm. that that line. But anyway, <clears throat> um... I wondered this this page here where it's, I'm just an idiot, so I don't understand, and there's this huge splash of, like, ink or blood. I was wondering if that is, like, Machio at the scene of the friend's suicide, almost. I don't think that's what that is. Yeah, I think that's Juno, because Juno's, like, they're talking about how would you write this line, I'm just an idiot, so I don't understand. Uh-huh. Um, and Juno says... Uh, like a person that the protagonist saved is killed by a superior officer that ordered the rescue. Uh, and he's heard that person he's helped or, uh, and he's heard that person he helps future or dreams for the future. Um, and then mm. I'm, I'm just an idiot. So I don't understand. I'm such an idiot, but yeah, there is a certain amount of like, this is the character seemingly, but then the panel with the blood has like longer hair. Mm. So is that 
the person who like killed and then that's the yeah it's a little bit yeah um this also looks like that young Machio that we saw in the previous chapter kind of yeah but not quite you know hard to say if it matters we'll find out next week you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah and then we do get uh asa and emery talking a little bit about chio being like have you talked to her recently um you know just regular stuff she's been on edge for a while now there's not much you can do mm-hmm. um is there they're, they're walking home the thing that got a little confusing and then i don't really remember what they're talking about um so, do, 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 do. sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Asa and Makio both get home at the same time. Um, and what is there's something with the vegetables? I feel like oh, yeah, never mind. There, I thought there was something, and maybe it was just in a previous chapter we forgot to mention it, where it's like. Asa, it's like cutting back and forth between Asa cutting vegetables in the present and Asa cutting vegetables in the past or something. I don't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. Maybe you read another chapter ahead. I don't think so. (laughs) Because I I tried to read one too few chapters. I tried to only read 44 and you were explaining to me, no, you have to read 45. And I was like, I'm confused. I don't know. Multiples of five. (laughs) Um, no, the thing was, I was literally so tired last night that I was like, 40, 41, 42, 43. That's five chapters. 44. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> You're so tired right now. We need to wrap this podcast up. I I feel bad. I We were on a roll of like yeah. the three hour episodes. I just don't, I don't quite have the energy in me tonight. And also I just don't really have the stuff to talk about because I've been kind of focused on the, the new job and stuff. Yeah. You know, um, if I had stuff to talk about for three hours, if I had, if I didn't have to make that commute today, that was oh. the other thing is last Friday we got to do uh, a remote day. And then I was really hoping that my boss would let us do a remote day again this Friday. Didn't come through. And so, yeah, I've just been kind of tired ever since, you know. I just had a moment where, because I have to record Ghost Divers tomorrow night, which normally I don't like to, you know. Do I've tried to alternate yeah. purposefully. But last weekend, I went to a wedding. Um so we had to move Ghost Divers. Originally, I was just going to move it to Sunday, and I was like, wait, should I drive in Monday mornings now? Mm. I cannot be up until, like, 1 a.m., and then I have to wake up at 5. Yeah. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Usually, we're going to bed before 1 a.m., but... Yeah. I do sometimes get done with Ghost Divers, and I just have to, like, sit and chill for a little bit. Yeah. Other podcast ones, I can go straight to bed. I'm, like, pretty good. Well, also, but... like... I gotta... But so I had this realization that tomorrow there's going to be a period of time where I just need to kill some time, and I was like, "Oh, I'll bring the next because I have to record about Nana a week from now too." So I'll just bring the manga and I can read like the next reading for Nana. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "Wait, I haven't recorded that yet. <laughs> I won't have. Re- I will not have recorded that until that evening." So also, I got and I, I get... don't really want to already read. Um, Iko Nikki, 
Uh, Em and I uh, took an audible on Nibble Ungen Lead because we're about to start it. It's a great time to take a week off. off. Uh, I think they are still struggling with the long recovery to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I was I was sleepy and then we decided and then the depression hit. I think I was like holding it at bay because I had to record a podcast and then instead I just felt depressed. Yeah. So, uh, ended up being I guess glad I didn't record, but um, I'm bummed out because I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, I guess I gotta play Final Fantasy VIII tomorrow. I got I gotta go home and then probably go straight to bed and I'd really like to just. Stay up and play Persona 4, but also I'm so tired. I don't know that I can play. Stay up and play Persona 4. Um, I definitely, I need to. I was gonna say you'll have time to play Persona 4, but uh, Nora's taking the Steam Deck. Is that still the true? No, I think she's taking. We put Xenoblade on the. She's gonna play Xenoblade on the 3DS. Um, or possibly some other stuff. Um. I, I, I honestly kind of think that her taking the Switch is the best solution, but the problem with the Switch is that you have to pay for the video games, you know? Yeah. Like, because I'd rather just, you know, and I'm sure she would rather just play Xenoblade on the Switch or any other number of RPGs on the Switch, but they're all so expensive on the Switch, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel, I guess the Switch is probably the new definitive. <clears throat> Xenoblade or whatever. But I think the 3DS one is... is the 3DS pretty... port seems pretty nice, honestly. Especially considering, like... It, it's impressive that it runs at all, you know? Yeah. and it That's uh, how I was playing it. I never finished it, but... We, we were watching Austin SV on YouTube. Does re- pretty good videos about, like, here's all the different ports for this game. And it does seem like the Switch one is the definitive one now. Um, especially it brings the visuals in line with two and three. And so yeah, it feels, it feels definitive because now there's like this unified aesthetic to kind of, yeah, I've been looking into it a ton, but the, my impression is that the switch one is basically the, the 3ds one, but just with better graphics and like, that's kind of it. Yeah. The 3ds one seems probably really, slightly different control. It seems like the 3ds thing is really neat. Um, when I play Xenoblade, if I ever play Xenoblade, I will probably be doing it in a Switch emulator on the Steam Deck. Um, yeah. I I was just recently thinking about, oh, I should maybe look into that. But here's the thing that I was looking at. I'm going to have uh, 8 billion RPGs on the Steam Deck and yeah. not play a lot of them. Here's the thing about... Uh, Here's the thing about it is that I was looking at that, and then I also noticed that um, there's another Xeno game called Xeno Gears that has m- music from one Yasunori Mitsuda, and I was like, "Well, damn, maybe I'll just play Xeno Gears." <laughs> I wonder. I love Xeno Gears. I didn't know you'd played it. I I played it after the first Xeno Saga. Okay. And then I played all the Xenosaga games, but does he do the music um, for Xenosaga? Do you know? Yes, okay. all three Xenosaga games. Um, also, for for Xenosaga, um, Xeno Gears, I don't think it quite has this, but uh, there's a there's a period where uh, in Japan, the move. I'm I'm gonna briefly mention a stri- struck work. The movie Titanic came out. 
And it was extremely popular and deeply influenced video games. Like, after Titanic comes out, there's, like... Sometimes games will have multiple uh, Leo from Titanic in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Yasunori Mitsuda in particular was like, man, that Celine Dion track, I wish I could get Celine Dion to the outro songs to my games. And so he just did his best. <laughs> To find someone to do some Celine Dion fucking tracks that he got to compose. That's great. And so the Xenosaga games have some fucking end of Titanic, my heart will go <laughs> on ass songs. That's pretty good. That's great. Um, I'm um, looking at, I'm looking at, so Yasunori Mitsuda, his first soundtrack is Chrono Trigger, which is fucking crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, does the music for Radical Dreamers, obviously, um, Xenogears. He did sound effects before moving on to I, I forget the exact thing. I think some of Chrono Trigger was that it was like, um, Uematsu was supposed to do a lot of it, and then there was some, like, he got sick or it's, something? It's, it's the other way, where oh, okay. Mitsuda did, did most of Trigger and then got sick toward the end and Uematsu took over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing um, that I learned by reading Wikipedia er, yesterday, Mitsuda joined Square upon graduation in 1992 and worked there as a sound effects designer for two years before telling Sakaguchi he would quit unless he could write music for their games. Shortly after, Sakaguchi assigned him to work on the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger. Man, (laughs) imagine doing Chrono Trigger as your first soundtrack. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, also being like, you gotta put me on making music or else I'm gonna leave and like, well, okay, I guess we'll do it. And then you just do one of the most banger soundtracks of all time. And also, like, Chrono Trigger I mean, being... Chrono Cross did it better because it's Chrono Trigger, but more, but... Also, like, Trigger being like, the big... There's a lot of marketing behind that game because Sakaguchi and Yuji Horii are working together on yeah. it. Toriyama's doing the designs. And just like... Oh. We'll take a chance on this new guy. His track's on total number one fucking roll, too. Okay. The, this is the funniest part to me. Yeah, is same year, Xenogears and Mario Party. Fucking incredible. And then he does Chrono Cross. And Bomberman year. 64. Yeah. <laughs> Mega Man Legends 2. Well, arrangements, yeah. whatever that means. Uh, it's probably a lot of classic Mega Man and, yeah. and Legends music. Um... And then he didn't, Shadow do, Hearts. he didn't do Kadelka, it looks like. That's what I was looking up, because I saw yesterday that he did Shadow Hearts and Shadow Hearts 2, but he did not do Kadelka, which is yeah. like the spiritual predecessor. And then, yeah, he did Xenosaga. Um, and then I saw down here a little ways that he did a uh, song. Luminous Arc, that's another, um, his track's on that. There's As it goes on, he's like sometimes doing a few tracks with like a bunch of other people and usually his tracks are, are bangers. Yeah, it looks like he did like the the ending theme for Xenoblade Chronicles. Like he didn't do yeah. Xenoblade, but he worked on some Xenoblade, you know. Um this is not saying that he oh, did, did more. Yeah, maybe he only did the first Xenosaga game and the rest are, are trying to Yeah. Let me go see Xenosaga episode 1. Um Xenosaga trilogy. Um uh... Yeah. Why would there not just be? No, I'm thinking about it. I do think he, I think he just did the first one. Okay. Um. Yeah. Composers Yuki. Oh yeah. Ka- Kajira. Kajira. Yeah. Um. Oh okay. You know what I was thinking about? Because because sometimes these games get mixed up in my head. 
Xenosaga and Dot Hack. I don't know anything about Dot Hack. Very different, like uh I they get mixed up in my head because they're both PS2 JRPGs that had multiple entries on the PS2. Which lots of like Dragon Quest VIII, that's the only PS2 one of those. Or like Final Fantasy, there's ten and there I guess there's ten, eleven, and twelve, so you know, fuck me, yeah. I guess. And ten two. And ten but, two. <clears throat> yeah, Xenosaga, um Xenosaga, like base premise. Uh this is really gay. So there's a there's a uh a a, a girl named Xion. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I'm going to build a weapon, but I'm going to make the weapon be a robot girl that's really hot, and I brush her hair. Okay. <laughs> um, and her name is Cosmos, uh, and she's specifically a weapon designed to fight the Gnosis, which are, like, these weird aliens invading, um, that's linked to, like, the this weird, uh... 2001 A Space Odyssey-esque, uh, like, strange obelisk, but that's, like, more cross-shaped okay. that's found. Okay. Uh, and then it becomes linked to, like, a bunch of Christological stuff. At one point, you recruit somebody. I'm not going to say which character, but you recruit somebody who is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ as an anime twink boy. I, I, the one thing I knew about Xenosaga, the, the one thing I knew about Dono, Dot Hack is that it's an MMO. Well, it's it's not an MMO, but it's like it's like a isekai where you get sucked into the game. Right. It's a sword and, art online. Yeah. It's a sword art. It's a it's a proto sword art online. Yeah. Yeah. And the the, the one thing I knew about Xenosaga is that Jesus was involved somehow. And Mary Magdalene, who I'm not going to say which well, character is Mary Magdalene, but one of your characters is also Mary Magdalene. I guess I should be specific. Is that like the thing I knew about Xenosaga is that. Much like Evangelion, it has a ton of Christian imagery, but unlike Evangelion, it sounds like there's actually a reason behind it. I mean, some of it is also just Evangelion, like, uh, Christological stuff is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is, like, an actual part where there is a cutscene that's, like, ancient Jerusalem, um, and, like, yeah, they're... There's somebody who's a reincarnation of Mary Magdalene and stuff like that. Mm. Then Billy Bat shows up, and you're like, damn, Billy Bat's been around for a while. Uh, that's the obelisk. Billy Bat's the obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, actually true to how Billy Bat works. Yeah. Billy Bat is literally the obelisk from 2001. I know. <laughs> anyway, I listened to those episodes. <laughs> Um, man, the page turn reveal of Billy Bat in Jesus Times is really something. <laughs> uh, I just have to, I just have to show you a a picture. Well, <laughs> you Google Pellegrini and got us an Italian soccer player and not the Zeta soccer. Um, I just love this like side henchman to a main villain who just shows up throughout the games. She's got a nice rack. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of Xenosaga characters, but <laughs> many such cases. Um, there's also a guy named Albedo who can Albedo who can constantly regenerate. He has white hair because there's also Rubido who has red hair. Albedo, yes, like Albedo. libido. No, oh, 
Well, that's not the... Hey, can I spoil a fucking Persona 4 thing? But then he can regenerate himself constantly, and so the way that he proves it to you, but then it got, like, censored in the U.S. release, is that he, like, cuts his head off, but then they, like, kind of censored in the U.S. release. I won't... Uh, okay. I'll say something, and you'll know what I'm talking about, and I won't have to spoil it, necessarily. Okay. So I did the striptease dungeon, right? Yeah. Oh, Negredo is the, the other, the, the black one. Black hair. Yeah. It's all hair color. They're like basically twin boys, just different hair color. I did the striptease And some of them grow up and some don't. Mm. For reasons. Anyway. I did the striptease dungeon. Yeah. There is the boss at the end of that, and then you get a new party member. Yeah. That shit's fucked up, bro. There's a there's a man inside it. There's a boy in there. And he's a, a fancy little lad in there. And it's no. No, 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 no. What are you showing me? <laughs> what the fuck am I looking at? Get that off my screen. I'm already upset about there, there being a boy inside of there, and now you're showing me some other shit. <laughs> There's a boy inside of there. Yeah. He's a fancy little lad. And but I don't know how much more you've gone beyond, but but once the boy inside of there gets out of there, oh becomes so much worse. Oh, my God. They ruined my... They ruined my... Ugh. I can't talk. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Oh, my, he's so awful now. Yeah. There's a boy inside of there. Yeah. And he sucks. He's the dog shit worst. Ugh. So where can people find you? You can find me <laughs> online at autumnal underscore coffee. Co-host... At autumnal coffee, no underscore. Not at autumnal like it used to be. Autumnal coffee. Um, I'm really behind on editing coffee and comic books. We finished talking about Chimera Ant two weeks ago, and I've just been so bogged down with work that it's just been hard for me to find the energy to edit it. I know that once I do edit it, it will take me 30 minutes max. And I, I, I also know that I could very easily message Rick and be like, hey, Rick, could you take care of this one for me? I'm having a hard time adjusting to my work. I haven't done any of these things. Yeah. So, uh... It, it's coming. It, it'll be out soon. Um, man. Fuck. It might be out by the time you hear this. Who knows? I'd like it to be. Man, Chimera Ant. Holy fuck. I genuinely, like, like, I was going through and, like, I was doing a little, like, tentative, like, um, looking at the books I've read, looking at the comics I've read this year, and, like, sort of making a, like, top ten list in my head, and I'm like, I don't know, don't you put that Steam Deck away, young lady, <laughs> I swear to God. I'm not young. <laughs> You're 800 years old. Joe is typing boomer in the chat right now. 
Where could people find you online? You can find me at Fox Omnia basically anywhere that I have a social media account. Uh, Twitter right now is basically the only one I'm using. But, um, yeah. Go listen to my other podcasts. We're currently doing Nana over on Ghost Divers. Uh, it's the greatest manga ever made. Um, and go listen to Around the Long Fire. When this comes out, there will not be a new episode tomorrow because of the aforementioned we, we called an audible or whatever you say. I don't know sports. I'm sorry. I'm using a sports thing and I don't. Yeah, you're fine. I just Call don't on. actually. I know the thing because people say it all the time. Calling an audible in sports is like the coach says we're going to run this play. And then you get out on the field and you're like, coach was wrong. We got to do this. I'm calling an audible. I'm doing something else instead. And so you're not incorrect. It's deviating from the plan. Yeah. You did deviate from the plan. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think, like, M described it that way, too. But then I say it and become self-conscious of, is it calling an audible? Is that the right way that you say? Or, you know, because I just don't know this stuff. Anyway... Uh, also go listen to Pondering Pluton. We're reading through Cromarty High School at the same rate that it was published in the weekly magazine. Um, we're having fun. You are. Yeah. I'm, I'm two episodes behind, I think. Reminder that you are supposed to read along with the podcast. It does make more sense if you do. I will not. It's literally eight pages. I will never. Of a very funny manga. It is very funny. That's true. Um, now you're just looking at Twitter. Too close, and I 